0: Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah, 65th chapter, beginning with verse 17. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it, or the cry of distress. No more shall shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days, or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth and one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, or bear their children for calamity. For they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord, and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, but the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Our second lesson is taken from Luke's Gospel. This is Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. This is Luke's telling of the first Easter. Listen again with fresh ears. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home amazed at what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Absolutely, thanks be to God. Pastor Phil Calloway tells a story about driving with his five-year-old son, slowly and near a local cemetery. And as they pass by, one of the graves is near the road, and it had just been excavated for future use—big pile of dirt. And the son, the five-year-old son, says, "Uh-oh, Dad! One got out <laughs> this morning." It's about the one that got out. It is about the one that changed the world. It is about the one in whom we place our lives, our trust, and today, our absolute joy and celebration. It is about Jesus Christ. So it is appropriate for us to celebrate him. So you musical people can help me out here. We've done things like this before. So I will sing part of a song, and all I need you to do is to fill in the blank, if you can. That's it. That's it. Ready? Songs of celebration. Would you like to swing on up? Oh, very good. I'm impressed. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, Amore, amore. Yes, thank you, Dean. I just want to celebrate, celebrate another day of living. Right? Good, good. We are the... Oh, good, good. And Pharrell helps us out. Because I'm happy, happy. And finally, from Elton John, I am fairly certain... That when Jesus was resurrected, he was humming this tune in the process and then would later give this song to Elton several thousand years later. I'm still... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still standing. Absolutely right. It is appropriate to celebrate. It is appropriate to shout. There was a pastor who at the end of his life had fallen ill, and his particular disease rendered his vocal cords paralyzed, which for anyone is scary, but for a pastor even more so. We're kind of all about the talky talkie these pastors. So in the Easter before his death, a few months later, he scribbles a note to his daughter. And he says, how terrible it is to wake up on Easter morning and not have a voice to shout that Christ is risen. But even worse, to have a voice and not want to shout. So today we're gonna talk about why we want to shout. What does this really matter in the big picture? It's Easter, yay, Christ has risen, see you next year. It's more than that. It's so much more. So let's take a look back We started last week on Palm Sunday. Jesus entered in Jerusalem on the donkey, already challenging the understanding of what a Messiah would be and look like. He turned the tables over in the temple. He taught Thursday, his last supper, that we celebrate, think about it, from that last supper all the way these thousands of years to to us when we break bread in the same way. It is an unbroken chain of feasting with Christ from that first one. After dinner, went to the garden, prayed, not my will, but your will be done, betrayed, arrested. Friday morning, The false trials begin, Pilate, Herod, back to Pilate, convicted, nailed to the cross, crucified, dead, taken down from the cross, and buried. So quickly did they have to take him down as Friday sunset was the beginning of the Sabbath. They couldn't deal with dead bodies then. So they didn't have proper time to fully dress his body. They just had time to put some oils and spices on him, wrap him up, get him into the tomb until Sunday morning, which they did. Sunday morning, the women come to finish the job of fully preparing Jesus for his death, not expecting a resurrection, or they would not have brought all of the spices and things to prepare him long-term for his death. And there the stone had been rolled away. They step inside, angels aren't there, nothing there. Jesus, not there. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And then they come, the two men dressed in white and they say, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here, he's raised like he told you. Remember, he told you while he was alive. The Son of Man must undergo great suffering and then will be raised on the third day. And they're starting to piece it together. Women are pretty sharp. So then they go and tell the other 11 and all the rest that were gathered and they don't believe them. An idle tale. So much of us even here dismiss our faith as an idle tale or scripture or our understanding of Christ in the world. But Peter, his curiosity was piqued and he ran to the tomb, got there, looked in, amazed at what he saw, which was no Jesus. And that's where our passage ends. Now we are a resurrection people. All of our faith, all of our understanding of who we are and who God is, is all in the resurrection. And where our passage ends, we don't yet know exactly what's happening. The tomb is empty, but that doesn't mean that Jesus is raised, nor do they understand what exactly is going on. His body could have been stolen. They don't know until Jesus appears to them later, soon, again and again and again, in ways that they could not deny in ways where he ate with them and he made sure they touched him. Remember, Doubting Thomas, we'll get to that. When they broke bread with him, they recognized him to make sure that they knew he was raised in a physical bodily form, yet somehow different. Mm. That's all they know. But we know the rest. So, the big picture of today, what does it matter to you and to me? We celebrate, we go about our business, we get lunch, we have a nap, we take our ties off, we enjoy the day. It matters in two big ways. First is the afterlife. A slippery concept for us humans to wrap our brain around. It is hard. I can't tell you what that's going to look like. I can't tell you if we're going to be on clouds with harps. I can't tell you if maybe we're there already, but it's not yet made complete until Christ comes again. I don't know that. What I do know and believe is that we will be in eternity in Christ's presence. And friends, that's where we want to be. I don't know what that will look like or where that is or how that is, but I know that's what the afterlife is about. Last week's triumphal entry sermon title was Holy Week Game of Thrones. Why? Because the throne of heaven and earth was being contested by the powers of darkness, not the seven kingdoms, this is bigger. And those powers of dark and evil thought they had a shot All the way through Friday when Christ died, they thought they had won when Christ died. All of his disciples had followed him, and the fact that he died means he could not be the Messiah. Think about that. Three years of their life they had given up. Even his mother, Mary, even those that loved him and followed him, the fact that he died means he could not be the Messiah. Heartbreaking, tragic, grieving. They were duped. He was a false messiah. All of that was Friday, but now things have changed. When Christ was raised from the dead, he claimed that throne of heaven and earth for all time. He is our king of kings, and nothing will ever change that. He procured the afterlife for you and for me, just what we did in today's confession. When we truly open ourselves to God, And we confess it's because Christ was raised that we are able to be forgiven and given new life. That is good and great news. You don't have to worry about what it's going to be like when we die. Think about that. It's terrifying unless you believe it. And yes, we got to die of something. And yes, it's probably suffering and painful. That part we don't have to look forward to. But we know that when we die, it is not the end. It is a new beginning And it is Christ that made that possible. We need to rejoice and we need to believe that. Second piece, the afterlife is every day. Again, the afterlife is so difficult to wrap our minds around. So let's think of that as someplace we want to be in Christ's presence. So what does it matter every day? If you look at your bulletin cover, you see a picture of the inside of some of the burning remains of the Notre Dame Cathedral. We all watched with horror on Monday as it burned and burned. We saw the spire go down into the body. And one thing that amazed me and touched me was all of those gathered outside that were singing hymns. Hymns to God, hymns of God's presence. In the midst of the flames behind them, they were singing hymns to God. They need a resurrection. That fire will cause people to reaffirm their faith and see that this is a holy space that is important to our life, our faith, our city, to the world. And at last count, they had over a billion dollars donated They need that resurrection. For us to help others in this day-to-day life with so many tragedies, we have to allow ourselves to be resurrected with Christ so then we can go extend our hand, his hand, to rise other people into his resurrection as well. In connection with Notre Dame here in our country, March 26th and the 10 days following, there were three predominantly African-American churches that were burned in Louisiana. Those churches were St. Mary's Baptist, Greater Union Baptist, and Mount Pleasant Baptist. About 30 miles north of Lafayette, Louisiana, arson, outright hatred. And in the midst of this, social media caught wind of this in the tragedy in Paris. And they said, let us be mindful of those in our own country, especially these three churches. They started a GoFundMe page, and it topped out around 150,000. Their goal was around a million. And once folks caught on and were approached, at date, the last number I saw was 1.8. $1.8 million for these three churches to rebuild, to resurrect through outstretched hands of those who understand that we have to be Christ's hands in the world. Today in Sri Lanka, their Easter six bombs went off, three in hotels, three in churches on Easter, Over 200 people were killed, many more injured. We need to extend the risen hand of Christ to them that we may help them to rise. More suicide bombings in Kabul. The storms that came through the southeast this past weekend, from Texas all the way to Virginia, some 14 touchdowns of tornadoes in Mississippi alone, An eight-year-old girl lost her life in Florida, just south of Tallahassee and Woodville, from a fallen tree. They need the outstretched hand of Christ through you and me to raise them. In Durban, South Africa, a church that was filled, a storm hit, the building collapsed, 13 dead. They need our out-hand, outstretched hand of Christ to help them raise on this Easter Sunday. Of course, yesterday we celebrated the 20th anniversary of the Columbine shooting, which started an awful period in the history of our nation.